Welcome to the Stripped Down Know Nothing Podcast, focusing on the bare naked ladies. That's right, whether they make you say, oh yes, or oh no, from yes, 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 to be my Yoko Ono, mm. we're It's All Been Done, the podcast. He's been abandoned, he's been abused, it's my co-host Evan. He's knocking down tables, he's kicking down chairs, I know he's angry, but I just don't care. <laughs> I love the cadence you gave it there. That was like a oh, 2D6 I, song. How I wish the Bare Naked Ladies would have had the foresight to give it the cadence that you just yep, did. I'm sure it would have been way more popular if I had just, if it had just <laughs> broken into like a weird, like sing-songy rap in the middle yeah, of Yeah, I mean, hey, let's be real. All their most popular songs are sing-songy rap. So you're joking, mm, but. I don't know, Million Dollars isn't. Okay. Just the two. Pinch me. Pinch me. One week. One week. Another postcard. I don't know if another postcard fits in that little slot. I don't think it's very popular. I understand. I just don't think it's a popular song. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay. You're right. Their early stuff? No. And that's when they were bad. Everybody knows we're getting into the salad days now, my friend. Yeah, I can't wait. Now, <laughs> now we're getting into the good shit. I can't wait for Ed and Kevin and Jim to be the only songwriters in this party. Evan. Mm-hmm. What if they had created a double disc of these two mm -hmm. and they called it Bare Naked Ladies Are Mean? <laughs> That's a really good title, right? I was thinking about that on my walk today. Yeah, and the, the A-N is in like parentheses. <laughs> yes, Bare Naked Ladies Are Mean. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think any of them are actually mean, though, which is uh, I think an upsetting part. I bet Steve can be mean. You, really? You think so? Yeah, I mean... Everything I've heard about him says he's he's got a temper on him. Yeah, maybe at the time. I think he's probably mellowed out a hundred times since then. Um, yeah, probably. He seems like the ch the chillest dude on his like webcasts and stuff. Now he seems like a, a pretty pretty easygoing guy. Well, a lot of people mellow out as they get older, right? That's true. That's true. That's that's, I think that's the ideal. Steve had to learn in order to grow. Um, Ev, I'd rather uh, grow without learning. <laughs> That's that's fun to do. Just become a bigger version of whatever shitty thing that you were before. Yeah, you just... Well, I mean, I'm talking about growing in a positive sense. I guess you could grow in a... Can you grow in a negative sense, like from a personality standpoint? Like, if you become shittier, is that personal growth? I mean, I guess, right? Because you are becoming more. You're just becoming more <laughs> bad. <laughs> okay. I mean, what is... Does growth... I guess growth has a positive connotation, if not denotation. Right. Yeah. Right. At least at so, least on a in a uh, like a personal slash spiritual, you know, rubric. Yes, yeah, that's true. Um yeah, would you do you think that you've grown positively as you've gotten older? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. I am yeah. I am much less of a shithead than I was when I was younger, I think, but I'm still a shithead. I, oh, sure. Anybody who uh anybody who did not nobody would ever answer no because if you didn't grow i don't think that you would be able to recognize that right 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 ev yeah yesterday you called my skype at 4 30 p.m i said hello and, and you, <laughs> i did not answer i was with my crying baby trying to get him down and i was like why is my friend evan calling me i love my friend evan and you said, uh, you then messaged me afterwards and said, I thought we had a record today because yep. I thought I confirmed it with you. I did. It, it made me laugh very hard oh, good. after after it was all sussed out uh, because you had somehow talked yourself into, was it a dream? Why did you think we had a record? We had, we had talked about having a record yesterday. 
And yeah, and then, and then you said, I had I thought that it was know. just like yeah, and I said I would let you know, and I thought I had let you know that I could do it. <laughs> Got it. Okay. And I didn't. It, it was fun. It was funny. I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed it, comedy of errors. Did you slip on your way to the microphone on a banana peel or something? Yeah, yeah. My my son. Well, banana peel and it's like the worst combination. Like a banana peel covered in peanut butter. So not oh. only I love the taste of peanut butter, but I cannot stand the smell. Oh, really? It's like one of those things that, well, the problem is, is it's the smell's fine, but it's one of those things that if you get any of it on you, like onion or garlic or something, like it's just, your fingers smell like peanut butter the rest of the fucking day. And I just cannot stand lingering smells like that. Oh man. I love that shit. When I go in and I cooked garlic the night before and, and you I just can like still smell it, smell it in the, like, your nail beds, Ooh. and you're just like, mm, yes. Mm. <laughs> I love a good memory of a of a meal had. Good sense memory. A sense memory, exactly. You're not into that. Um, I you am. you want to eat something and shit it out and be done with it. Well, I mean, I just don't want to smell it forever, right? Right. But you've also never taken pictures of yourself at the dinner table or anyone eating. No. You, this is the first time I've ever heard you talk about food outside of the context of eating. Yeah, I don't I don't talk about food except when I'm literally consuming it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Very strange. Which is why I'm you eating are, right now. You do get a lot done during <laughs> good. <laughs> People love that. <laughs> you do get a lot done during the day. Uh just eating mechanically. Yeah. 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 It's a nice thing to do. Mm-hmm. I made Epo- a little helmet that feeds me. You know, like those like uh baseball helmets that have like the beer cans in them where you could sure like i don't think i've ever seen anyone use one of those except as a joke like does anyone actually like use that i don't know i would i feel like there are a lot of stadium accoutrement that i've never seen people use except as a joke the bat uh the uh the uh what is it stadium buddy mm-hmm. that one i don't know what that That's- is Oh, it's a, a catheter you can put in and attach it to your leg what? so that you don't have to miss any of the game Oh my god, sports sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah, and it's required at most baseball games. Sports is horrible. Wow. It's a nightmare. Wow. Um yeah, I, I don't I Stadium Buddy, the only time I've ever heard of it used is in a you know, as a pool in an improv scene, basically. Mm-hmm. Um because I mean what's what's the real I wonder if they actually still exist. Yeah. Oh, they're now they're just called Stadium Pal. I don't know why. Well, Buddy has a bad connotation after, you know, 2017's Sure. Buddy Buddy Holocaust. (laughs) They called it the uh, Ooeyu, I look just like Buddy Holly. Buddy Holly, yeah. Yeah. David Sedaris has an essay about a Stadium Pal. Um, Of course he does. Of course fucking David Sedaris has an essay about it. Is there anything (laughs) that David Sedaris doesn't have an essay about? (laughs) Name one thing. Name it's one a thing condom cap. Um, that you think he doesn't bro- have an essay about Brussels sprouts. Oh Jesus Christ! He probably has an essay. There was that time he was in France and his teeth his teeth were like falling out and they were so soft that they couldn't eat any Brussels sprouts. Yeah, all he could eat was bananas and he had to go get dental work. He has a very not funny piece about it because he's bro- not he's not a comedian. He's a humorist, which means sure. which means they're just not funny. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Like, I used to read, I used to blow through David Sedaris uh, uh, compilations. I used to love reading David Sedaris well, shit. Was because it was funny or because it was like, huh? I think I really loved NPR at the time also. And it gave off the same. I used to love listening to him on This American Life when he would have pieces on there. It was very warm. Mm-hmm. It felt like, like homely. It was a very kind of a, a fucking. Yeah, yeah. What's the uh, Lake Wobegon? Mm-hmm. Oh, Garrison um, Keeler garrison keeler-esque yeah yeah no i think that yeah i think that that's that's something like somebody who describes themselves as a humorist means they're not funny per se 
they like sure they like dance around humor within the context of like higher art it's like it's like they're they're writing like a think piece and looking down from a balcony onto something funny so sure so uh, they are is this intentional or are they just not good enough to become comedians no i don't think i think it's intentional i think it's very intentional and i didn't it it sounded like a pejorative but i didn't mean it that way okay i see i don't i don't think i mean they're not like you're not going to go see like a humorist talk and then like expect sure. to like laugh out of your fucking seat, right? Sure. You might get a, a chortle or two out of it and like right. you might come out a little bit like amu- bemused, I think. Sure. But you're not going to be like, you know, shitting your pants like you would if you went and saw um, <laughs> Big Billy Farquaad, the, the snake sniffer. Ev, have you shat your pants at a comedy show? <laughs> you remember when we saw Paula Poundstone, I was pounding down more than just pants stones. Stones. <laughs> <laughs> I, you did shit your pants, but I thought that was out of anger at the Paula Poundstone show. Hey, that lady next to us was fucking. She was more funny than Poundstone. God damn it! I wish that had been a good show. I, we must have talked about it on this cast before. Yeah, I think but so. God, but the God, fuck. the it was fun for me to watch. Like they weren't old per se. They were probably like in their like sixties next to us, like this couple, and she was laughing so hard that like she was crying, like she almost fell out of her seat. And I was like, man, that's awesome. <laughs> You know, go, you go. Like, I am finding this dull and just completely disinteresting, and I can see how other people might find it funny. Sure. But like, God, it's just it was just fun to be next to someone who was enjoying it that much. Sure, sure, absolutely. Um, was it worth the forty dollars to sit next to that lady? Uh, we had a good dinner beforehand, didn't we? We did. Uh, was that or, the one where we went to Ted's or, Montana? Oh, never mind. We had a horrible dinner beforehand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was garbage. That, that was just a bad sucked. night all around. All right. <laughs> I, I God, I wanted to have a good time so bad. That's okay. But you know what, Ev? That's just something I'll never find, unfortunately. Uh, a so. good time? We find good times all the time, Saker. And you know, that true. was one that was one stinker out of a thousand delightful encounters we've had. That's true. You you destroyed my segue. You destroyed my segue just like the inventor of the segue destroyed his segue when he fell off a mountain. <laughs> <laughs> just like everyone over in Indiana wearing their red bandanas. Uh, it's I, nonsense cannot wait to talk to you about this week's song this week's song is called something you'll never find and if you've never heard it before here is a quick sample Evan. Yeah? Dickin. Yeah. Over in Indiana, <laughs> Indians eat bananas. God damn it. Should we, should we start with that line? I... Because I... it has to be the key to unpacking something, because... I don't know... Oh, Evan! <laughs> for, the, for listeners who haven't listened to the song, which is probably most of you, uh, over in Indiana, wearing their red bandanas, the Indians eat bananas, thinking they're full of vitamin C. C spelled like what you do with your eyes. Over in Indiana, wearing their red bandanas, Indians eat bananas, thinking they're full of vitamin C. Okay, so so let's let's lay out the rest of the song. No, let's, let's just talk out- about this one fucking stanza. <laughs> Truly, I could talk to you for an hour about the bridge of this song. Like, 
I think I my my theory is that it, Ed wrote this. Like this is a Steve song, and then Ed's like, "I'm gonna do the bridge," and it's just fucking gobbledygook. It's just nonsense it, uh, shit. Well, so uh, on this album, at least from Wikipedia. I cannot figure out who it tells me who the lead vocalist is for each song, but it does not tell me who wrote the song, which is where 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 our our confusion is coming from here, mm-hmm. right? Because it is it, in general a fairly serious song, and it mm-hmm. very much sounds like a Stevie P jam, mm-hmm. right? Um, there, it's about a it's a it's a person who actually this is a Stevie P jam, but I think it's a really good Stephen P song showing what we were talking about, a lot of personal growth Mm -hmm. because he knows he may or may not be right for his partner and he supports them one day finding someone who is maybe better for them. So we're coming up in the world, Stevie P. Mm, yeah, Until I guess. we hit the middle of the song in which Steve becomes Steve. <laughs> and then like, I know you're angry. You know I don't care. <laughs> like... You're kicking down chairs, and I'm like, whatever. I don't even care. Set up my options. Force me to choose. Set up my options. Force me to choose. I'm not going to quit this relationship. I want you to give me a fucking ultimatum, and then force me to have to be like, ugh, this bitch of my wife just forced me to fucking divorce her. She just <laughs> didn't give me any... Ch- like that, this guy fucking sucks halfway through the song. Well, she which sounds is so- pretty bad, too, again. Uh, yeah, this is the same as uh, what was the couple before that they both was that Wind It Up? Wind It Up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe this is the same couple from Wind It Up. It seems very possible. Uh, maybe, maybe, yeah. This is their like, I guess their their ego speaking or their id. Yeah, like yeah. Whereas I don't know because this seems more calculated than Wind It Up. Wind It Up is like let's go get in a fight. Yeah, yeah. And this is like, um, you know, this seems more cr- cruel in a way, but also more calculated. Yep, yeah, but it also seems more thoughtful too. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're right, I think Wind It Up is very, very id. Uh, this one is kind of super ego esque. Mm-hmm. I would say this one has put a little more thought into it. Um, I I did think from from part of it the that this may have been. It's an interesting song for today's culture where polyamory is not as taboo as it once mm-hmm. was. Because I think this narrator is in a lot of ways saying like listen, maybe we provide something to each other that's good and useful, and maybe we're not each other's everything. Maybe someday you'll find someone who is gives you that something that I don't give you. And in a way, we're talking about, like, you know, had he been a little more enlightened or had he lived in 2020, maybe these two are forming a polycule, right? Maybe it's like, hey, you give me this, I give you this, you don't get this from me, so this is where you go for that, right? Um, I... I see where you're going with it, but I don't think these people are getting anything from each other. Really? What because lines? What lines in the song? I think that the narrator leads you to does, believe that that they're getting anything from each other. I, I think that the narrator seems like they care, right? Holding you he tight. He literally says he doesn't you, care. <laughs> I'm holding you tight. I'm hoping you find it. Um, you know, like, uh, uh, you know, I felt like 
I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe it was just holding and helping that that put me into it. But maybe maybe that's not right. I think you might have a point here. Yeah, um, I, th- I think that he's just he's kind of bemoaning himself. Like I find myself once again in a relationship where I am not enough. Uh, but, yeah. But he also says that you know she's been abandoned before. He's been abused before. So right. Like neither of these people are coming at this with their A game. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah, there's 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 so much wrong with both of them. It's two damaged people. I think can you have boy, I am sure you can have two damaged badly damaged people in a relationship, but yeah, I'm sure I mean, it's a I, lot I, lot lot harder. I feel like badly damaged people tend to find each other too. It's true, but I think when you have one damaged person and one, you know, kind of uh undamaged person, it's a lot easier cuz that person can help the other person along. Well, yeah, right? obviously I mean, that's a more ideal relationship than two damaged people, but I think what we're sure. seeing here is two damaged people. Yeah, okay, yeah, there's no question. You're right. You're right. Um so with all that taken care of, let's now that we've we've gotten the context of the song, let's jump to the bridge. Mm-hmm. And, try and piece our way through this. So you're saying it's the key to something. So I'm going to I put wish the it bridge. was. It, it better it better be because otherwise it's just fucking nonsense and doesn't belong to be doesn't belong in this song which is already too long anyway. So over in Indiana, wearing their red bandanas, the Indians eat bananas, think they're full of vitamin C. How did did you have a read for this? Was it a key for you? Did it unlock anything? No. Okay. No, it was okay. nothing. It was it was nonsense. Like so, the only thing thinking they're full of vitamin C, meaning that. People are eating or doing something that they think will help them see better. Yes. That's the only, literally the only, like, read that comes out of that last line. But the first three, like, again, I'm 95% sure that Edge just fucking shat this bridge out into the song. I think you're probably right. It was like, Steve is, like, stirring this, like, stew over the over the fire and he's like ooh, a little bit of a little bit of self-loathing a little bit of like uh you know anger like repressed anger ooh, ooh, a bad part a damaged partner ooh, i love i like i like the smell and ed's like oh let me do something and he just like fucking just bends over and fucking vomits into the into the stew he's like bah, 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 here i go yeah sorry I, dude i ate i ate a ton of i ate like a whole bunch of bananas before i came over bananas that's what it is See, in Why my can't we call head, people Indians anymore? Like, it's fucking Ed. Like, in although my I think head, Ed's though, way too nice to do that, but yeah. I don't, I don't feel like Ed is even apologizing. Like, he vomits into Steve Stew and then just, like, claps his hands, like, done and done, buddy. Like, because, I mean, this is, it's non-apologetic. Mm-hmm. I, uh, fucking, I don't know. I did th- have the same idea of vitamin C. Now, I looked and I could not find the liner notes for this um this album i really wanted to find them because i was curious to see if it was spelled uh s-e-e or uh just the letter c because i saw it both ways on google Oh, okay um i think obviously s-e-e makes more sense if it's just vitamin c fuck this whole fucking bridge i mean fuck <laughs> it anyway but what yeah. the fuck is happening that sucks I think they just wanted um, to fit something in there. And, you know, I don't think that, like, everything doesn't have to make 100% sense in a song, I guess, you know? And, you know, this might have meant something to someone, I guess. So, hey, hey listen, <laughs> if, this, if the bridge of this song made a lot of sense to you, please, please tell me what it is. You're, what, you're how, the one person. What you what you got from this. <laughs> Truly, yeah. It's, it, is, it is wild. I'm very curious who this belongs to. Come pick up your man. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't fucking know. 
I wrote in my notes, I wrote that bridge is possibly the worst thing I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. I hate it so much. It's nonsense. It detracts so much from the song and it slows it down too. It's just so it's offensive to listen to. It's offensive semantically. You nailed it. He calls them Indians in the song, <laughs> which you'd think by 2009, he would have a little more fucking well, maybe sense. He than was that. talking about Indians from Indi- India. I mean, he could be. Yeah. Okay. You're right. I mean, because right. both, both Indians, Native Americans and First Nation people, all of them can wear red bandanas. Like there's nothing against wearing red bandanas. Yeah. Okay. Good point. And I mean, you're right. the thing is like in the Cleveland Indians wear red bandanas, but they're from Cleveland, not Indiana. Right. Hmm. Yeah, and I'm not a fan boy. of that team anyway, or that name. So if like, we... maybe there's something. Maybe we just need to dig a little bit deeper. Cleveland Indians, Indiana. Okay, you're there. You first, got it. First letter of each sentence. O <laughs> W T T. Out. He's out. trying to get out. Oh, take it outside. And the last letter of each. A S S E. Ass. ass get out of the <laughs> ass and the middle letter of each line n i t e night <laughs> he wants you to get your ass out during the night time yes that 100 percent makes sense to me um fuck okay this is we cracked it so he's it's just a coded message to his lover mm-hmm. to get out get out while you still can get your ass out in the night um yeah it sucks i think they may have included it to break up this song that is too long it is far too long and i think actually steve agrees with us indeed are you talking about chips and dip five i am indeed (laughs) all right let's talk about this version while we're here um so steve it's them up on stage steve has some woman from the crowd holding his big book of lyrics and she seems to be fucking loving it because why wouldn't she this seems it seems like she's the one who requested the song and he's like all right, well, I don't remember the song, so get up here and hold this fucking book for me. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he says, the quote is, there's a lot of words here. We should have cut a verse. And he I agree. Just straight out with it, right? Um, not only does he not know the words to this song, he does not know the melody to this <laughs> song. Ed seems like he does. Ed knows exactly what he's doing. He's handling it well. They're all having fun, but Steve is playing every one of the wrong notes Mm -hmm. he's holding his fingers on every fret on the guitar that is the incorrect one (laughs) he's just putting them all down um i think steve hates the bridge as much as i do he seems like he's like but he seems like he's done with it the moment he starts it (laughs) which i think does back up your theory that it, it might be an ed at it's either an ed or a gym like i feel like this this kind this could shade into gym like yeah but if it has some, but if it's Jim, then it has some weird, deeper meaning to it. And if it's like Ed, I think he's just like, yeah, this is fun. Let's do this. <laughs> I feel like Jim went dark immediately because the last two songs we've gotten from Jim, or not dark, but like very grown up. Mm-hmm. The last two songs we've gotten have been Pollywog in a Bog, mm-hmm. which we covered on Snack Time, ladies and gentlemen. Go check out the Orange Groves Patreon if you want to hear our. Oh no, we actually posted it on the main feed. I forgot. His <laughs> uh, Pollywog in a Bog and um, his song about uh, fucking hanging yourself from maroon Mm -hmm. uh which was a b-side from that album um so he like he went from like uh i love you to immediately like well i love you was pretty fucking dark too 
wasn't it wasn't it about a vampire i've i've almost forgotten what i love is it was just about some weird creep like just i want to put my evil inside you and wear your face (laughs) as a mask i love soup yeah i don't think it was dark i think it was just like i love you let's fuck let's make a family tree yeah Uh, and then yeah the inner the intermission about ice cream and sandwiches and fish sticks um it's a different i don't i don't know um i like soup <laughs> like Randy Newman esque <laughs> delivery of that line. Um, this was like watching five dudes practicing this song, and only Ty and Ed have ever come to a practice before. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's like they're like playing the song normal, and everybody else, even Kev, is like, I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing here. But yeah, that, I mean, and like, I can I can empathize with that. Like, especially when you've got such a huge catalog, there's no way oh, they yeah. can just play this on command. But I mean, you're on Ships and Dip Five, the last Ships and Dip. Oh, shit. And like people are asking for like deep cuts. Like you had to come here like expecting someone to ask for, you know, this. They should have practiced all 190 songs in their repertoire before they got on the boat. Absolutely. That was stupid of them. Yes, Shitty. that was idiotic of them. Do you think they They're knew going in? Cruise. <laughs> yeah. Do you think they knew going into S&D 5 that that would be the last one? I bet they had inklings. Like, yeah. When, when was that? That was like 2009? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Which means that this album had just come out, by the way, for Steve to have already forgotten the song. <laughs> it delights me. <laughs> it wasn't like, us oh, a 10-year-old song. No. This was an immediate thing. Okay. So let me take a step back for a second. Um, don't you think, despite its flaws, this song would have made a far better opener to this album? Yeah, 100%. This song is... it's. Cut this song down to about a uh, maybe two minutes, 50 seconds. Yeah. Now, oh. I know what you're saying. Just as is. I was thinking 3.30. Yes. Yeah, even as is. But like, yeah, if you uh, ideally, we cut it down to like 3.30, 2.50 to yeah. 3.30, somewhere in there. Pull out a verse. Yeah. And you're yeah. good. Fucking end the bridge and you're done. Because like, I think this is a good, fun song besides for like, it's, it's, I went out with my partner. I feel like I'm doing the review. We had a fun picnic with our son. Quarantine is over. And then on the way home, we saw a fucking traffic accident. And there was like a (laughs) mangled body hanging out of the side of a car. And then we got home and the rest of the day was great. We had a nice dinner. We watched TV. (laughs) You're just talking about that bridge. You hated the bridge that much? I truly, (laughs) because it's meaningless, offensive, slow, just bad (laughs) in every possible sense of the word. Oh God. Yeah. I did. I went back. I went and looked at the track listing for this whole album. Mm-hmm. There's only one sub three minute song on this album. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Like true yikes on that. Um, this, this album is just an exercise in indulgence. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, so. it's a, it's a B side album that they just put out as a full album. Yeah. Oh, I lied. I'm looking at it now. There's actually two. Okay. But like, these, still. These, these have to be all the songs that didn't make the initial, like, because these are recorded at basically the same time, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was all one session. Yeah. So, so these are the songs that didn't make Bare Naked Ladies or Me. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And uh, just apparently they didn't make them. I don't know. They were too long. Although even Bare Naked Ladies or Me, I'm looking at it now. That only had one sub two minute song as well. Peter oh, Burrow yeah. and the Coarthas, which was one of my favorites on the album, to be honest. Um, I like them when they come and go. Quick, quick, quick. Let's get them done. But I wasn't dreading <laughs> I want to get over. Well, <laughs> no matter how long they are, we have to do like an hour and a an half, hour and half long podcast. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> I was dreading this one going into it, though. Yeah. I looked at, I looked at the lyrics. I was like, 
like I felt like I was pulling an Ev because mm-hmm. I was like reading the lyrics. I had totally forgotten this song, and I was like, "This one seems like it's gonna be a sad one." <laughs> and then you know, kicking out the gate with like, "You're looking for something." It's <laughs> like, "Oh, what?" Yeah, cool. I, think, I guess. Yeah, I liked the I, talking from a musical standpoint. I really liked the opening, which is why I think it would be really good. Like, it's a little poppy, a little rocky. Uh, Kev is squeedling around. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's pretty good. Yeah. It gave me a sock hop vibe for some reason. Yeah, it's got it had some energy, which is what I was looking for in an opener. And I'm not saying sure. I liked this song necessarily, but like it definitely it got the album. It would have got the album moving instead of like, hey, hey there, <laughs> how are you today? I'm feeling good. Like there are some times when I want like a Mister Rogers vibe, where like I come right. into my I'm like I want to I'm hard day at work, come in, change into my home my home sweater. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, my slippers and, you know, it's a beautiful day to, in the neighborhood. And there's sometimes like when I buy a music CD that I want right. to be like drawn <laughs> in. I mean, I gave Serendipity last week, like T-shirt, shorts and sandals. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was bad. It's just that like it's a deep cut. It should not be track one. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I did. I was into the the opening as well. I felt like it had a very montage vibe too. like, I don't know. It was good. But tell you what, if we're talking about instruments, buddy, we brought them horns back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I love Bring the horns. Them back. Oh, they were so, so always, good. Always, always good horns. Yeah, yeah, tons of energy. Um, I almost every instrument to me had a standout part in this song. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the horns. Ty is going nuts on this one. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Some... I think the uh, the the verse that starts with "Could you be the one? Could you be the one who will find it?" Where he just goes on beat. Um, yep. And then like the doo doo doos, like the doo doo doo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't. The thing is, I didn't know if there was a chorus. Was this song just all really? chorus? I. It's true because we do have kind of this repetition over and over, but that's the only repeated part of the song, and it's it is repeated four times, four choruses in this song. <laughs> Again, fucking wild. Um, yeah, I, I I would I would hesitate to say that there's no chorus. I think that's definitely it. Um, and it is also the catchiest part of the song. Mm-hmm. Here's here's what sucks to me about this song, is looking back at it, like I'm really struggling and straining to remember how the song goes, even after having just heard it. <laughs> but guess what part of the song I will never forget? The bridge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I could I could sing that whole part for you from memory ten years from now. I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it's just like. That chorus is the best part, but there's still, mm-hmm. it's just, it is water. It, it washes over you. I know we've described other songs like that before, but um, there's some great bass slides moving throughout this song. Like Jim is, is, is going kind of nuts too. Like it's good. It's good. Know. It's good. It's, it's okay. Good. It's good. I like it. It's good. Yeah, it's fine. Um, what, what stood out for you? Anything stand out for you? <sighs> we've, we've pretty much talked about everything that stood <laughs> out for me, man. 
All right, here's what's going to be is just a montage of me saying things and then putting clips in here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, again, all the instruments. Kevin synths, they cut through the yeah. mix that in a way that sometimes they're really in front and sometimes they're pushed to the back. But it's like it was disorienting to me in a nice way. Mm-hmm. Like it kept me on my toes. I feel like this song could have been on an earlier BNL album. Like it feels like a, a maybe a deep Gordon cut somehow because we have these yeah. super tight harmonies. And that's what a lot of what I feel like defined Gordon is these super tight harmonies where they're doing the, the Oz here. Like it just made me feel like shit. This, this feels like it could be an earlier BNL. This song. feels too Rocky for an earlier, an earlier song. Like BNL was a lot of things, but like, I think, Andy Andy time and not Tyler time they were not a rock band really like I would they were I like don't... a they were like a, a a kitschy sort of alternative folk band I I feel like when I mean even as so far as we're still talking Andy times but you have shit like uh you know alternative girlfriend and uh, you know these apples and I feel like a lot of life I don't in know, a these apples is not a rock song these really it's like an alternative song. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. I think that... I just think that Tyler took them in a much more rocky direction. Yeah. And I yeah, feel like this possible. song this song would not have appeared, I think, on a Gordon or a Maybe You Should Drive. Or maybe... Hmm. I could see it on Maybe You Should Drive, but it definitely not Gordon. Yeah, okay. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's not a Gordon track. Um, God, maybe I'm fit- right, but I don't think so. I It would fit so well on Maybe You Should Drive, which I think of as the most <laughs> middling album of all time. Like... It's perfectly appropriate there. Um, the outro is fucking sick. I love the way the synths get all spacey. The horns start doing this improv shit. Like, fuck, it's good. There's, there's a lot to love about this song. Yes. Um, just pulled out all the, like, if they just trimmed it down. Yeah. Made that would have been like great. A, made like a three-minute radio edit, three 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 thirty radio edit. I think we sure I think we'd have a we'd have a totally different animal. Yeah, and yeah. made it the first fucking track. Ebo, um, that's all I have too. So at this point, I'm sure you have at least one other thing to tell me. Well, I mean, I think that I liked I liked to t- I liked the idea of the song. I think this was more interesting than Steve's normal sort of like "woe is me" stuff. Like I think right like. The, the gist of the song, and I hope we don't get the one where we have to get a lesson from this, because I the lesson, I think, is don't let perfect be the enemy of good. Like, uh-huh. like I don't think... I feel like he could have done it in such a way where, if I were commenting on what Steve could have done, uh, is to make it the make the relationship not terrible. Right. Like, to go more in you, the direction you wanted it to be, where they're not bad for each other. Right. But, but she is looking for something that she can't find and sure. that sort of thing. I don't know. I, I've just been thinking a lot of that with like the, the Biden candidacy. Sure. <laughs> so Absolutely. that sort of stuff's been on my mind. Like, yeah, I mean, the system's fucked up to give us this choice, God. Like, but you know, you kind of have to eat shit, right? Uh, yeah. I was pushing you towards your, uh, your video game read, mm-hmm. but I love the idea that you just linked this into our fucking terrible two party, uh, locked in. Yeah. And I don't necessarily think it's necessarily two parties because I mean, the UK has a fuck ton of parties and they still get garbage candidates, right? I think yeah. it's just like sort of the nature of the beast and I'm not sure how to fix it. And I know a lot of people have some good ideas and I just don't know. But I think that like, 
I feel like when you step into politics, even mm-hmm. as a voter, you have to sort of leave your high horse slash morality behind because, I mean, we're in a lot of the same position that a lot of moderate Republicans were in vis-a-vis Trump, right? Right. This guy is has a lot of problems. He's kind of a piece of shit and almost certainly a rapist. Right. But if you want to push your agenda that you believe in, be it you know the stuff we believe in, which is basic human rights, or the stuff that Republicans believe in, which is I don't I'm not sure anymore. Um, killing like, homeless people, killing homeless people, uh, survival of the fittest sort of thing, right? Sure, Darwin. By fittest, I mean well, but fittest, I mean some people are born lions and some people are born you know gazelles, right? You know, and I was sure, lucky yeah, enough yeah. to be born with a silver spoon in my mouth, or I'm stupid enough to believe that I can achieve that. Right. Anyway, this isn't a scree against Republicans. This is a scree against a system that I don't. I just don't see a, anything commendable about it at the moment sure sure anyway i I feel like a lot of our episodes thrown into screeds against republicans and i think that's okay i think so too i think think our our base would agree with us on that do you feel like most bare naked ladies fans lean left weirdly i feel like they'd almost have to because bare naked ladies themselves leans left you couldn't you could probably be a you could probably like bare naked ladies hits and be a republican conservative whatever yeah i feel like if you if you had any knowledge of their catalog like are you just going to ignore sure. all of the political songs that yeah. are just like taking yeah. shots at conservatism i, I, I think you can war? you can just read them in their most basic form and be like oh that's a fun song and then move on and not put any critical thought into it but you're right if you are listening to the something you'll never find episode of a bnl podcast <laughs> you're in you've your grave is is 20 feet deep at this yeah. point and you're living well on the you're, if you're listening the to this on the orange groves then you're almost <laughs> certainly uh pretty liberal and yeah, pretty okay. queer point yes absolutely um yeah man absolutely i i, so, yeah, I see exactly i feel i feel like i'm not going to get called out for uh just shitting on conservatives at the same time, uh, one of my favorite bands in college, who I don't really follow much anymore, um, Cake. You know Cake, right? Yeah. Short skirt, long yeah, jacket. I like I like Cake. Um, I I Should follow I them on liking them. <laughs> <laughs> Get the fuck! No, I follow them on Facebook. They don't post about their music at all. They haven't posted mm-hmm. about their music in years. All they post are leftist memes and like things. And every single time they post. Mm-hmm. something something you know hey anti-vaxxers are fucking idiots or mm-hmm. hey that pandemic do- uh, documentary in quotes is a lie mm-hmm. is there will be like a hundred people commenting like hey fucking just stick to your music guys we didn't come here for politics so i 100 huh. percent think that you can be totally out and out with your politics and still have douchebags like well, hey i liked it when you were singing about long jackets guys does cake does cake take overt political stances in their music like bnl does that's a good question i don't know enough of their catalog like i know probably i know probably 10 cake songs i i I don't really think they do but you'd think that if you liked them on facebook eventually everybody they would have weeded out all the right-wing people Mm. over the last like seven years also probably there are like fucking russian trolls and dipshits in there you know too just just stirring the pot so i don't know yeah, I think I think Russian trolls is the last version of fake news because I know they're out there, but like at the same time, I don't know what. Yeah, I just don't know to what extent. This is just a very confusing time to be alive. Yeah, I was just about to say that because like it truly, it it feels like we can pin a lot of things on Russian trolls when in reality, I think there's just a lot of fucking idiots out there. Although I do, I have found myself at least as far as the Russian trolls on Facebook and social media is like Facebook's really useful because you can when someone posts something idiotic, you can go like onto their feed, and if they don't yeah. have it locked down. 
Um, if they do have it locked down, they might be a troll. If they don't, then you can like see if they're a real person or not. Right. Yeah. Think, yeah, that's helpful. Yeah. Yeah. You so. can do the same on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, and on Twitter, it's even easier because they'll have like 17 numbers after their name if they are in fact a troll, which is very <laughs> nice. They're all like Lindsay42868426784. Um, oh, someone's strange. got a beef with Lindsay42684274. Damn, you were so close. <laughs> um, Ebo, uh, yeah. speaking of though, do you have a uh, dating sim read for me of for this Of course song? I oh, do. Thanks, buddy. For you. Uh, you can save it for next time. I will. Let's get into rating. <laughs> no, no. This I is need... me wearing a cardboard box, <laughs> <laughs> begging for scraps. <laughs> 20 feet deep in the Orange Grove's grave. <laughs> uh, go ahead. What are you going to say? This. Oh, about the dating sim? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is this song's basically every dating sim ever, right? Because <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, I, I have one in particular, but like, oh, perfect. If you think I about thought it, you like, were just generalizing. No, 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 no. Like, <laughs> like one of the reasons, like, tr- not anymore, but like traditionally, like people would play dating sims because they're looking for the perfect girl. They're two D waifu. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. So I feel like the type of person who the pro- the 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 not the prote- not the narrator of the song, but the object of the song the, the woman he's talking about is uh-huh. um someone who would get really into dating sims or <laughs> might like i don't know if they were a you know japanese uh hiko, uh you know just living in their parents yeah hikikomori and living in their parents basement or whatever or their parents uh you know futon room they right. they would be really into d- this sort of dating sim life because you're looking for something you can't really find sure. uh, because it doesn't exist but anyway, uh, <laughs> this dating sim is, of course, Tokimeki Memorial, which is a 1995 PlayStation Tokimeki game. Tokimeki Memorial, yeah! Yeah, yeah. So in Tokimeki, you play uh, a just a dude, unnamed dude, going to Kitameki High School, and it's the first three years. And um, you show up in high school, you meet this guy named Yoshio Saotome, who is a piece of weird, weird little guy. Um, and he becomes your best friend slash confidant. Um, the weird little guy, he's like your, like, Pokedex. Slash, yeah, okay, like, uh, you know, sure. Like, he, your bestiary. Sort of, like, because he keeps track of all the girls in school that you meet. No, he doesn't keep track of girls you don't meet. Only okay. girls you meet. Okay. And he keeps track of how how they're feeling about you. He keeps their numbers, their likes, dislikes, and things like that. So he'll tell, you have to call him on the phone to, like, talk about girls you meet. Weird. Okay, love it. So anyway, um, you, go to, you get to Kitameki and you meet your... Shioni Fujisaki, who is your childhood crush. She's the first okay. girl you meet. She's also the hardest to win. Mm. Virtually impossible, actually, unless you focus on her from pretty much the beginning. So uh, she's also the most sought after by people who play this game. Okay. Um, so uh, she's a childhood crush, but she, she directs your attention to a tree out in the schoolyard that is she calls the legendary tree. And it is said that if two, well, if a woman confesses her love to a man and he reciprocates it, they'll be joined together forever and blessed with eternal happiness. So the point of the game is to get someone, a girl, to come under this. You have like a certain amount of time and you have to get a girl to show up under this tree and confess, profess her love to you and then you reciprocate it or not. So there's multiple people. But the thing is about this uh, is focusing <laughs> on uh, Shioni is... You've got to, the, the thing that, that, that set this game apart is it has what's called bombs in it, where if mm-hmm. you don't date, if you, if you don't date a girl for long enough or you don't give her enough attention, she'll start gossiping with the other girls yes. and that will lower your like reputation and cause you innumerable problems. So you've got yes. to, if you want to date Shioni, 
and like succeed, you've got to purposely avoid meeting other girls. That's amazing. I love that. Like, and if you do meet other girls, you have to make sure to like round robin date them enough to keep them just happy enough that they don't interfere with your main romance. God, so I love that. The reason, okay. like, like I said, the reason why this is uh, looking for what you can't find is, uh, um, or looking for something you'll never find, is that Chioni is notoriously hard to romance. And okay. a lot of times, because she is so hard to romance and so persnickety, uh, she's set up as this ideal girl. So a lot of people have spent a lot of time trying to get her as their girlfriend. But the thing is, you show up at this tree at the end of the game and you don't know which girl is showing up because you don't Ooh. know which one likes you the most. So it is, there are so many screes on this game, like on Reddit and stuff about like going through the whole fucking game and like <laughs> showing up at the legendary tree and you're like, all right, it's going to be Shoni for sure. And then like, you know, Megumi shows up or something like that. Oh, and you're like, God damn Megumi. it. And you have to start all the fucking part <laughs> over again because you don't know what you did wrong. God, so, that sucks. This is oh, and it's man. like a 1995 PlayStation game, so like they hadn't gotten like games were supposed to be fun, but they were supposed <laughs> to be like I don't know, like I feel like they hadn't really perfected game design quite yet in like the 80s and 90s. Yeah, right. A I, game could I, be a game could be like the early arcade game. I don't know, we've talked about this before, where like the transition to consoles meant that you weren't trying, like you'd already had the person's money, and you weren't trying to just get them through difficulty over and over again. So, right. Right. Well, and this this is kind of a. Uh, I mean, you would obviously never make a dating sim for the arcades. Although that would be fucking badass. I would love an arcade dating <laughs> sim. Um, but I, I, a, I love how inscrutable that is, and I, I, you would think that if you're making it not fun, usually when games make things not fun, it's because they're trying for realism. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you have to eat every so often. Oh, that sucks. But I understand you're making this a realistic game. But I love that not only did they issue fun, but like. Also, re- like, in the real life, it's not like, well, today's the day I'm going to meet my wife. I better get to the altar and see who it is. <laughs> but I do love that idea of just, like, round around. But, like, <laughs> I'll figure it out when I get there. I don't know. Maybe yeah. I'll get Megumi. And you've got, like, a bunch of stats and stuff. And you have to raise your stats high enough to, like, because everything's sort of, like, it's 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 under the, under the hood mechanics. But, like, the higher sure. your, I don't know, stamina is or something like that, you know, you can run and impress girls more. But you have to, like, train. But doing the best way to train is like through like advanced extracurriculars but when you do okay. more advanced extracurriculars you meet more girls oh fuck so it's it's like a diminishing return situation so the best can you is it possible in the game you don't know you've never played it to just meet your your childhood crush and then stay home for the rest of your life no. and then go to the no, tree you have oh, to shit. you have to go yeah because she won't like you you have to do stuff for her Oh, I see. Because okay. it's a dating sim, right? You can't just... Yeah, of course. Like, in real life, you have to... I mean, one thing dating sims in real life share in common is if you just, like, meet somebody and then never see them again, they're not going to think too highly sure. of you. But if you meet somebody and give them lettuce every day, because you know they love lettuce, then eventually and, you and can't marry them. And nose and feed them sugar cubes. Then, <laughs> that yeah, is correct. Definitely... <laughs> Listen to them whinny. Um, all right, Ev. Great read. I love that. Uh, but we have to move on to rating this song. <gasps> As you know, we rate this song on a scale from bare naked to fully clothed. The more nude this song is, the better it is. The less clothes it has on, the worse. Ev, mm-hmm. do you need some time to think? You did a big old Tokimeki Memorial read. Uh, no, Should I go I've first? Got, I've got an idea, I think. Go for it. It's finally happened. I've received my matriculation notice at Hogwarts School of Ooh. Witchcraft and Wizardry. Fancy, okay. I... I guess I'm, uh, uh, I don't know, what's the opposite of a squib? Someone's screaming uh, at me right now. Where you're, it's whatever Hermione was. Well, a squib, oh, a uh, mudblood, no. Uh, a granger. A granger. Nope. Because 
It's a wizard that I could look it up in 10 seconds, but I don't want to do that. Um, Isn't a squib those things that you can put on your body that replicate gunshots? Yes, but they're also non-wizards born to wizarding families, like Filch. Non- oh, because it's the same etymology. Filch is like a gunshot on his family's reputation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay, got it. You looked it up. What is it? I didn't. Oh, I gave you time. All right, go ahead then. Yeah, you did give me time, but I didn't. I looked up the Hermione Granger Wikipedia. Um, Muggleborn. English Muggleborn Muggle. witch. I think they're okay. just called Muggleborns, I guess. Fair enough. According to the Harry Potter Wikipedia. So you did Who fucking cares? look it up, you liar. <laughs> yeah, I didn't. I didn't at the time, but then I looked it up as we were just talking right now. <laughs> this is good podcasting. All right, yeah. I'm sure people hear about this. Um, so I've got. I've just gotten my letter. You know, I'm really fucking old, I guess, for, for mm-hmm. Hogwarts. But you know what? I'm still going to fucking go. I would go to, you know, elementary school to learn magic, even if I was uh-huh. surrounded by kids the whole fucking time. I mean, I'd feel really uncomfortable 99% of the time, but I think I could be trusted around kids having one of my own. And I think that I would be a good wizard. I would get really into like the magical history shit. So Fuck. anyway. Wait, hold on. Two <laughs> things. Number one, you would abandon yet again. We've had this before. You'd abandon your partner and child to go to Hogwarts for seven years. Yeah, because I would, I mean, you you come home during the holidays. I mean, I've done it for grad school, right? So I mean, it's like, I come home for the holidays and also I can just like conjure money, right? I guess. I'm pretty sure that's illegal. It has to be illegal. I mean, but all the wizarding houses seem to be really well, like the thing is like, they're all pretty well situated, right? Right, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, maybe so. Secondly, right. are you the only non-traditional student? at hogwarts just out of curiosity. <laughs> i guess so like okay. i guess I, i'm like on the hagrid program right where like <laughs> yeah they bring me on as like a quote-unquote professor sure. of something but it's like something like uh muggle studies uh-huh and so i do that but also i'm like in like distance learning like oh my god as well. if, if, if there is one person who i would not trust to teach children how to be a human being it might be you <laughs> so they picked bad muggle studies professor well, I, don't All know. Right, go I, think ahead. I think i'd be good because i i'm just i have one i have one foot in the fantastic that's true you don't just like want someone like some gray suited like fucking bureaucrat to come in and be like you want to you want to engage the kids right i think i'd yeah. be a, i think i'd be a bad teacher because i hate children but like yeah. i think that i don't know i think that uh i could do it you're, you, I, see, you're, you're describing it as having one foot in each world right now, but whenever you've talked to me about it before, you, you always said you're edging. Like, I love edging. I'm really good at edging. Yeah, when we talked on uh, 8chan about it. Right. Yeah, exactly. The 8chan, the 8chan <laughs> Hogwarts boards. <laughs> All right. I'm sure ahead. those are a sight to see. <laughs> anyway, um, so I'm, I'm going to Hogwarts and I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? I don't have any shit. So I go to Diagon, Diagon Alley and I sell some muggle shit. Like, I, I just peddle some muggle shit to some idiotic wizards. Here's my Zoon. Yeah. Like, it plays it plays music, magic music. <laughs> and they're like, what? Wow, unbelievable is this a <laughs> oh, but go blimey <laughs> go blimey indeed like because i feel like i don't like i know that liberals are said to live in a bubble but i feel like the wizards in harry potter are like the ultimate liberals because some of 100%. them don't even understand how the world around them works on a yes. fundamental level <laughs> yes this is a basic fundamental level like even the like i don't know i don't know anyway it's a kid's book so anyway um it's uh so i go there and i get my wand that has like the rectal hair of a unicorn in it and the, mm-hmm. like ollivander is like touching my face a lot which is fine <laughs> you know that's just their culture sure um 
I go and I go to uh, Weasley's, Weasley's Wizarding Wheezes and I get some little snick snacks to pass around on the fucking train to win the kids over because uh, they're going to fucking love me because I'm just going to give them candy and talk to, talk to them about like fucking life, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> sit there, pour myself a shot of like whiskey and be like, all right, kids, let me tell you about public transportation systems <laughs> you see there's these things called tiffs and public private partnerships and what they because putting in a system is a not no, just go off boy like thank that. god they didn't bring a gray suited bureaucrat in yeah the thing is i'm, I'm enjoying it too okay um, lots of different colors of cars kids let me let me show you what colors there could be anyway <laughs> um so i go to get my fucking robes and i'm like okay uh i I'm out of money at this point. I'm like, right. use used robe store. So I get these robes and they're for some fucking wizard that like swallowed a growth, a growthling, a growthling nut. Sure. <laughs> so he got the coach curse. You also talk about that when you're edging. You talk a lot about growthling nuts, growthling but I'm oh, sorry. Nuts. Go ahead. That's right. No, it's fine. Um, so the robes are super fucking long. Right. So I put them on and like they're, this, and these are like from the 70s too so they're like okay. it's got like an open chest like a, a deep v robe and it's like super super du- too long you could say okay and the belt is just fucking absurd like the thing that kind of that kind of takes you away like supposed to take your way your eye away from the flow of the robes sure it's like it's like this huge um like serpentine like braided thing that's made out of like uh, uh goblin pigtails like okay. the, the wiry goblin hair and it's got like a basilisk eye in it but the basilisk eye is like all cloudy and cataract so it doesn't actually turn and it doesn't kill anyone it just makes you feel a little bit ill and confused <laughs> okay so, got it. so that's and i'm like oh whatever you know i'm sure i can change it out for some other robes once i get my first like payment which is paid in gold coins <laughs> yeah right yeah exactly i so, will be the richest man on yeah, earth so i'm gonna you know use a gold a couple gold coins to buy myself a fucking nice set of robes and then send i don't know five hundred thousand dollars in gold back to my family all right these are like heavy fucking gold coins yeah yeah and uh so that's why i can spend some time at hogwarts and you know what i can bring i could almost certainly bring my uh um partner and kid out who knows? I don't, th- does anybody else have a wife or child or husband you know, or i don't think they do Tonks and uh, um, what's his loop and Mary after the fact, but you know, right. maybe you have to. Maybe you're like a butler where you have to be celibate and. Uh, oh no, those yeah. poor butlers. Well, that's okay. You can use your wand to jack off. Everyone knows that. <laughs> that's true. Um, Just like the guy stirring his coffee, you can yeah. do that straight to your dick as Damn well. Right. Um, uh, gauging. Gauging. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, that's basically my read. Is this fucking robe that is a nice robe, open V uh cut off sleeves too long and it's Mm. got a fucked up belt right right okay um so uh i am uh, it is just turning into summer uh and the weather is getting super nice so we're getting like 80s 85 out there and it's like hot and i am into it right so i'm pulling out all my summer clothes from storage so i've got them in storage bringing them out. I got those sleeveless tees. I got those short, short shorts that I know you love. Um, All this stuff, right? Putting my flip-flops on. And I am going out to have a fun day with my boys. It's me. It's Evbo. It's um, uh, Rich. uh, It's Seas Richards. Uh, Sassafras. (laughs) It's Squandelier. Um, and we're all out there and we are going to have a, a, a boy's day. Um, so cheese. 
Mac tonight, the whole gang. Um, so we go out. We're gonna we're gonna go day drinking. We're going to 16 bit a barcade up here. Oh, we're gonna man. have a good time. This sounds like um, a lot of fun. Can we do this actually? It, it, yeah, absolutely. Once well, maybe we'll see. Once, once quarantine's uh, over. Yes, next 2022. Um, so we're out. We're having fun. Oh, no, back to 22. We're drinking. We are having a good time with each other, and we're spending some time out in the sunlight. And then, like halfway through the day, like I'm getting drunk. I'm getting pretty tipsy at like two o'clock. I'm sitting, I'm playing some Paperboy with the cool, like, actual mm-hmm. movable bike uh, controller that they have. And then I just, like, I feel this pain shooting up my leg. And it should like, be up shooting up your wrist because of, like, the tendonitis you the get fucking, from, you know, from It's Olympics. awful, yeah. It's not that uh, uh, track and field game where it just has the mouse that you have to do this, <laughs> the trackball. Um, but I feel a pain shooting up my leg, so I, like, swat at it real quick. And then I'm like, what the fuck was that? So I go to the restroom and I like pull down my shorts and I see uh, my leg is now red and there's a, sp- a spider that I had squashed and I can't, it's in like pieces and there's like a gray goo leaking out of it. And I'm like, what kind of spider? I mean, it must be because of my clothes were in storage. Like what kind of fucking spider was this? Mm-hmm. And then like, I go, well, what am I, what am I going to do about it? I mean, I don't know what kind of spider what a, it's hurting a little less now yeah. so and i mean you're in high in ohio so there's really only one type of spider that can even hurt you could be a brown recluse that's yeah, yeah that's it possible uh so I, I i roll my pants back up and i uh i come back out and i get drinking again and i have fun and you know what i go home early evening and i i, I i'm drunk and uh I, I i kiss my partner and i say we have a great life and then i go to bed but the camera zooms in on my pulsing veins in my leg <laughs> it was I, I, it was a perfect day marred by one questionable, horrible thing that happened to me. Uh, I like this song. I think this song is Summerwear. I think this is good. Uh, better than Serendipity, certainly. Just too fucking long. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know. That's what that's what I think of. And like most day drinks, you get home and you're like, God, why did I do that? I feel so sick right now. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Ugh, that's true. Last time I think gives I you time to be hungover during the day, the same day you're drinking. It's true. I remember it well. The last time I did that was the alcohol episode. What a good time that was for you me. Just went to bed. <laughs> I did. I went directly to bed. Uh, Ev, we're gonna be right back with more. It's all been done. A Bannaked Ladies podcast. Hi, Evan. Hi. I, I sometimes worry about what's inside me. Why? I don't know. Like, have you ever wanted to be filled with something other than blood? Like, little marbles? I think I'd make too much noise if I were filled <laughs> with marbles. Could <laughs> clack, clack, clacking around? Yeah. I'm surprised my bones don't make noise. I guess they do. They pop sometimes. But some of them well, are that's so your bones. sharp. That's, the, that's like the, the air in between them, right? Yeah. The air pockets. How come my bones don't scrape each other? Because there, there's a lubricant and stuff in between them and tendons. Lubricant, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's like um, goop. Is uh, is marbles the material you wish to be filled with, or do you have a better option? I don't know. Like, I don't know. I just think it'd be cool that instead of like when you get cut, instead of seeing blood, like you just see something like slowly start to force its way out of the cut, and it's like a, <laughs> a marble, and it just goes like like. <laughs> sure. So you still have blood pressure. You have marble pressure. It is forcing yeah. its way out of your skin. Yeah, yeah, and you have to like. I mean, but you like, if you put like a a, a bandaid over it, like the marble doesn't have enough force to get out anymore. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Interesting. 
You know, so that's what I'd want because I always, when I get a cut, I put my mouth on the cut and I just, you know, because that's what everybody does. You and that's swallow a lot of marbles. No, don't put marbles in your nose. Um, I get that metallic Wait, irony taste. Put them in there. Do not. Put Do them not in put there. them in there. Okay. Correct. Um, and I just want it to be strawberry jam. I want to. I would cut mm. myself on purpose. I think if my was filled with strawberry. Do you think you would have the same like, like, I don't dislike the taste of blood, but I don't like it. And do you think you would get like the same feeling of strawberry jam? I think I'm 34 years into my life, and I have a certain association with jam that I don't have with blood, and I don't know if I could build that. Here's the only negative that I could see: I'm at brunch with a bunch of my friends. And uh, <laughs> the waitress says we're out of jam, and all heads slowly turn to me as as they uh, prepare their biscuits and steak knives. Or like you're at brunch with your friends, and like you're like sawing through a particularly hard, um, like I don't know, like a hard baked croissant or something. The crust mm-hmm. is super, and you're using it's a nice brunch, so that's like they give you those heavy, hefty silverware. So you're like sawing sure. through, and you just fucking slice open your finger get fucking jam all over it and you stand up and there's jam everywhere and right. like well people will be eating your blood basically yeah, yeah that was that's basically what i said i know but like they don't want to be you're just getting your <laughs> you're, you're getting jam everywhere and they won't know what's good to eat and what's not good to eat because yeah i would have jam on something but i would not have your jam blood but here's the thing oh so wait, I'm sorry. You think people are just like coming to my table after I've cut myself and eating like the jam that was stuck to the table? No, I'm just saying like you get it all over the food or like someone's toast and you don't, sure. you don't know whether it's, it's blood I'm, or jam. I'm running around the restaurant holding my finger like, like oh, no, 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 no. Spray jam on everybody's yeah. croissants. Yeah. And I I conceptually, it would, it's fun. And it would come out. It wouldn't. Jam has a different consistency of blood. So it wouldn't come. It would like gloop out. It would like. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's exactly what it would do. I want, uh, boy, yeah, that would be fun. I think that would be fun. I would be into it. What if it was really tiny versions of you, and they wanted, and they all want to get out? <laughs> so like, I do. you get cut, and then like somebody just like a little tiny version of you like pulls out and just like fucking takes off across the fucking floor. Jesus, it's like, it's like maybe some evil dead shit. Yeah, maybe like a millimeter high, maybe a centimeter high, and you've just got to like, sure. you got to catch him because they're going to get away and infect everything. Can I put him back in if I catch him? You got to swallow him. Oh, okay, okay. Then he just goes back into my system. Right, because I don't have any organs or anything. It's just like it's thousands just all, of me. It's you all the way down. <laughs> sure, absolutely. All of your organs are larger versions of you that contain smaller versions of you. Sure. Ev, I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, bring up a, a possibility to you mm-hmm. uh i cut myself little me runs out i catch him to swallow him but then i think you know what hang on and i take his little finger and i cut that <laughs> what happens i think there's like a um it's like an like when when a uh, a jet breaks the sound barrier there's like a <laughs> boom and it just throws you both back against the wall sure absolutely okay so they just have sonic booms inside of them no they do have smaller versions but like it's too small Sure, yeah, absolutely. So it's like splitting an atom. Oh, it's just a nuclear explosion is what it is. That's some uh, Ice-9 shit. Because if the point was for me to grab him before he could infect everything, now whatever came out of him is too... Like, it's done. The world is over at this (laughs) point because... Yeah, exactly. So that's why you got to get them all. Yeah, nanomachine sakers everywhere. Ev, that sounds delightful. You know what else is delightful? Uh, 
You don't know anything delightful? Toad blurones? That's what I would have called them. Toad blurones. Yes. Toad blurones. And you'll recall a toad blurone makes a very famous turn in the third Marmoset Chronicles movie. And of course, we have a Marmoset Chronicles podcast here on the Orange Groves, which is called The Marmoset Chronicles. You already know about the Marmoset Chronicles films, obviously, but this is Jay and Kirsten's personal reflection on the seminal film franchise. It's fun. It's two friends talking about the Marmoset Chronicles, Ev. I don't know. I'm a pretty big Marmoset Chronicles fan, so I don't think that... I don't know. Like, I I don't want to be a jorky here. I don't want to, like... Like, get down. I don't want to yuck their yum. Like, if they're just yeah. sitting there bragging on the Mar- Marmoset Chronicles, like, I know everyone's laughing and shit about Marmoset Chronicles and whatnot, and the fact that it's not, like, I mean, the name's a, the name's a giveaway. Like, it's not about Marmosets. Right. It's about, it's about all the experiences we find along the way. Sure, absolutely. And, like, I don't know. I just don't think I can... I've got my own, like, personal takes, and I, and I don't know. I started watching the Marmoset Chronicles like at a very, I don't want to say vulnerable, but like a pivotal time in my life. So like, sure. it, I don't want to say it meant a lot to me, but it informed a lot of what I think and do. Uh, and I try to live myself by the creed that they put forward that like, you can't you can't really control other people, but you can control yourself and how everything affects you. And it, it just, I don't know, like thinking about how the world, it, it made me reconceptualize how the world, like that the world doesn't owe me anything. In fact, mm-hmm. I, I owe the world. And so when I lose something, it's not necessarily, it was taken away from me. It's just me giving it back. Like it was exactly. never mine to begin with. Just wow. like, so it's informed a lot of my personal philosophy and like sort of how I see everything. Yeah. And I don't know if I could, I, I, it just, I feel like I'm the bad guy here. Like, I don't want to like get into this. Sure. Well, you have to, you're, you're giving it to Jay and Kirsten, right? You can't yes. take this back from them. You have Correct. to just Correct. give it to them. Totally understandable, man. Um, yeah. So this is their take on it. And you know what? Maybe someday we can do our own Marmoset Chronicles podcast because oof, like, oof. too soon. I, I don't know. I, Really? Okay, that's fine. You know who I hate? Those Marmoset Chronicles people who are, and I know this is, I know I should I should be nicer, but like who you could tell that's like one of the only movies they've ever watched and they're comparing every, like Trump's presidency is just like the bad guy in the Marmoset Chronicles, right? Like fuck those people. Like have, watch another fucking movie, right? Well, also, I mean, the Marmoset Chronicles is expansive, right? So it's, kind of, it's sort of like the Simpsons in that like it's kind of done everything and it's sort of like, yeah eating its own tail at this point. Yeah, it is an Ouroboros. I would agree with that. And I, you know, you'll see like people post like, yeah, this is from that Marmoset movie that came out in 2001. And it's like a, a prescient yeah. event. Like they predicted COVID-19 or something like, but it is interesting that stuff like that. Well, they literally um, talk about a disease called Bovid 18. Right. And it happens a year before this one. <laughs> yeah, it's very, very strange. But that's uh, that happens in the, that's the reboot though. So I don't know if that's canon or not. Cause I don't, yeah. I try and stay off the message boards. Sure. Did you enjoy the reboot? You know, I can see why you'd update a franchise like that. Like, I don't think that it's necessarily necessary. But then again, I'm not the target audience. Like, right, right. I love, I love the Marmoset Chronicles. I want them to stay relevant to another Mm -hmm. generation. And I understand that it, you know, for for better or worse, a good update breathes new life into a franchise. Right. Right. And I may not agree, it may not be my Marmoset Chronicles, but that's right. okay. I've already had mine, and I'm okay sure. with them having theirs too, as long as it means something to them. And those people like, oh, you're destroying the Marmoset Chronicles. No, your Marmoset yeah. Chronicles are still there. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 They're, you're not destroying that. my childhood. Exactly. Right. Exactly. What I fucking hated were those people who tried to start that like online petition to like 
raise money to reshoot the Marmoset Chronicles? With fewer women in it? With fewer women and people of color. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. All white men. TMC AMW. The Marmoset Chronicles, all men white. Which sort of misses the fucking point in in that it's a progressive, a progressive, uh, you know, you know, IP anyway, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's, It's always been pushing the envelope. So I feel like those sort of people, those people missed the entire point. Yeah, I mean, like, I think you're going to have those people who just did the most facile read of the Marmoset Chronicles, like, oh, good defeats evil, this is a fun story, without realizing that there was a lot more going on behind the scenes. And yeah, like, and it's supposed to be, a, I mean, it's supposed to it's supposed to put forward a progressive spin on the world, and I mean, sure, having having a black Marmoset be the focus of it isn't, mm. is, it could be seen as sort of, um, you know, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Jaded and just sort of a attention grab for that. But also, I don't yeah. think it matters. Like, I don't need the the marmoset to look like my marmosets to sure. identify with them. Well, I just didn't. I I didn't like that, but not because I just I thought it was too on the nose. You know what I mean? I was just like, come on, a black mar like, come on. But a, a blarmoset. A blarmoset. A blarmoset. <laughs> Evan, you can catch the Marmoset Chronicles every Friday on the Orange Groves. I don't think I will. And we're back with more It's All Been Done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. Now's the time in the show when we spin that wheel and see what we're coming up with today. Today's section is called Celebrity. Which celebrity is this song about? Oh, goodness. I feel like Britney Spears. Wow. You were so quick with that. Why Britney Spears? Because she's she's had such a publicly troubled personal life right yeah but was it a relationship trouble or was it i think so didn't she like like kevin Federline? they did that whole like like in the late or early aughts wasn't it like that was the the big thing where she was like they were to get on again off again that sort of thing she had didn't she have kids with him and like like she's at the point now where i you know people are still defending her but at the same time like she doesn't even control her own finances yeah I don't know. That was yeah. just my that was on my off the cuff, but I'm sure there's a better one. Like somebody who has been in multiple like Tom Arnold, right? Tom Arnold. That's a good one. I do like that a lot. Yeah. Tom, what, what, yeah, cuz he can't find what he's looking for. He just keeps jumping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do like that. Um who else is famously divorced? Is are there and is there anybody who just keeps getting married over and over again? Is this like a I don't know. I'm trying to think and nobody's coming to mind immediately. Um, could it be a, uh, could it be a, uh, Ashton Kutcher, Demi Moore? Like I, I want somebody young, um, but this is not actually what I'm looking for. I can't give you what you need to me. Uh, I'm just going to punk you, jump out of a closet, uh, slash your tires. Um, I don't know. Does that Uh, sound right? James Cameron has been married five times. Holy shit. Really? Yes. Hot damn. Cheatsheet.com. Hell Yeah. (laughs) Chichi.com. Um, I feel like this is the thing that that isn't gonna. They're not gonna like post like James Cameron was married seven times when he was only married four times, right? Because it seems like it's super easy to fact check. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so he married Gail Ann Her or Sharon Williams, Gail Ann Hurd, uh, Zero Zero Dark Thirty director Catherine Bigelow from oh. 1989 to 1991, and then actress Linda Hamilton from 97 to 99. Interesting. Yeah. Huh, okay. There you go. Wow. So that's a that's a lot of different marriage. I after a while I'm so curious why people 
keep trying. And I know that sounds horrible, but <laughs> like well, at some that, point you have to go like, oh, marriage is not for me. Well, I, I don't know. I think that, that there's people, there's a certain mindset. And I think we've, we've touched on it before where it's like um, the only way you can be with someone is through marriage. Mm. Like, so if you, if you're having a, if you're dating someone and you want to step the relationship up, you get married. Right. And that's, right. I don't know. And I feel like that's something that's going by the wayside. Thankfully, Billy Bob Thornton was married five times, one of which to Angelina Jolie. I remember that she carried, uh, they carried a bottle of each other's blood around their necks or a little well, vial. There you go. I think Angelina Jolie, how about Angelina Jolie? How many times she's been married twice, three times. Cause it's like maybe Thornton Pitt. Uh, anyone else? Who knows? I don't know. I can I can tell you, Ooh, uh, Glenn Rue McClanahan from the Golden Girls. Guess how many times well, she, she was married? One, six times. No fucking way. Rue McClanahan? Yep. Are they yep. always to celebrities, or were they to like carpenters? Uh, I don't recognize any of the names, but she is old enough that I might not. All carpenters. Um, how Wait, about a gl- Jesus was a carpenter? <laughs> Glenn, aka Scotty Wolf who holds the record for largest number of monogamous marriages at 29. That's pretty good, right? Jesus. Yeah, his yeah. shortest marriage was 19 days and his longest was 11 years. That's well, pretty cool. If you're married for only 19 days, can you call it a monogamous marriage? I guess you can, but like, I feel like that's closer to a one-night stand, right? Yeah, yeah, that has to be an annulment. Let me, let me tell you the saddest thing, though. His first marriage ended because his wife died. And all other marriages were divorces. So he had one good thing and lost it and spent the Uh, rest of his life trying to reclaim it. This has got to be the guy then. This is him. Is he a celebrity? I mean, he is famous. He's in Guinness because he, I mean, he's dead now. He died in 97. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, His final marriage was a publicity stunt. He married... Uh, the woman who hold, held the record for most married woman. Oh. So <laughs> that's pretty good. I kind of like that. Um, and they remained married until his death. Well, wow. I Impressive. Feel like that's, I mean, a lot of, I feel like a lot of late in life marriages or later in life marriages, like you're more in tune with yourself and your wants. And I feel like you're calmer and easier to get along with because you have more practice like being married or being in a relationship sure so i feel like a lot of i feel like a lot of like second and third marriages stick a little bit better because everyone's like "Eh, yeah i can settle for this yeah oh boy yeah that sucks but i think you're right you're you're no longer the optimistic uh bright-eyed young ladder lass you once were well even even so you've been through it before and you know more what to expect from a partner yeah so it's 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 positive and negative yeah, um, that sort of thing. You know, like Larry King and his eight marriages. Oh boy, you are you're, you're enjoying that uh, cheatsheet.com, aren't you? I am indeed. So this song is about Larry King, Rue McClanahan, Angelina Jolie, and uh, Scotty Wolf. Mm-hmm. Cool. Scotty okay. Pippin. Are we doing? Is it free association time? Pippin the musical. <laughs> musical chairs. Yay, we got there. <laughs> Now's the time in the show when we take an email from our friends, our fans, our funky little fun boys. Here's an email from our friend, Aaron. Aaron says, uh, Heidi Ho, it's all been doers. Oh, I like hi. that. I like that. Hi. Hi, Aaron. I sent my last question. Uh, he sent this uh, February 25th. 
I sent my last question in a year ago tomorrow, so it's about time I send in another. Whoops, we got to it really late. Thank you. Uh, You are searching slash packing up your childhood bedroom that has stayed the same since the last time you lived in it, a veritable time capsule of your youth. You reach under your bed and slide out a dusty shoebox filled with your old Nintendo Game Boy system and a small collection of games. As you flip through the cartridges, you come across one that you had completely forgotten about. Konami's Bare Naked Ladies Musical Adventure. (laughs) Although its memory had slipped your mind, the sight of the faded label brings memories flooding back. Could you please recount the details of this game, including the general plot and gameplay, some of the more memorable levels, and the special moves each of the BNL characters could use in the struggle to reach the final boss? Thanks. I still love the show, and each episode jumps to the top of my queue every week. Aaron. Holy shit. What a sweet question. That is very kind. Um, Actually, no, it's not a sweet question. It's sweet sentiment. The question is dumb, but we'll answer it anyway, (laughs) because that's what we do. We love these dumb questions. So, Bare Naked Ladies Musical Adventure by Konami, famous for making... The Dance Dance Revolution series, one of the most famous rhythm games of all time. Did they make Nobunaga's Ambition, too? <laughs> Do you think that Vernick and Lady's musical adventure is going to be similar to Nobunaga's Ambition? Yeah, like a power... Level one, it's almost begun. <laughs> Except it's a Game nope. Boy, so... Lamp up, nope. lamp. I was, uh, I was uh, wrong. It was Koei. That's that made Koei. Yeah, I was going to say, it popped into my head as you were saying it, Koei. Um, yeah, I do think, number one, the first thing I remember about this game is all the, like horrible shitty voice samples of like <laughs> Steve go <laughs> whenever he gets a power up he would go <laughs> although the midi the midi version of one week does kind of stick in my head it's very good very good <laughs> i don't know like most like most of the like level music in video games i don't know if it sticks in my head because it's catchy or because i listen to it eight hundred thousand times so it's like a, it's like a cartoon it's like a commercial jingle where it's just like sure. you've heard it so much that you can like recite it from memory sometimes that happens like i'll be walking along and like the theme like the theme from like final fantasy 2 on game boy will like just get stuck in my head and i'm not sure like the the world with like the flaming phoenix that you have to kill a lot suzaki or something i forget its name but anyway yeah um yeah you know what I, and it, it, it is weird that i mean obviously every level was a different branniked ladies midi tune except mm-hmm. um the one level that was based on um one little slip uh the chicken little song they couldn't get the rights to it and it was replaced at the last minute and their composer couldn't do any other music so it actually is replaced uh with a song from metal gear ghost babble the metal gear <laughs> solid game boy game so konami already <laughs> held the rights Ghost Babble. Yeah, they threw that in there. Uh, they thought that would be interesting. No, I think what do that, you I, remember about I it? I like the. I like it's like in the old like it, just like in the old TMNT game. I mean, this was a hard game, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, what I was talking about uh, vis-a-vis the TMNT Ninja Turtle games, you could switch from you could switch from lady to lady, and they all had their special moves, which we'll get into in a second. But I think that one of the things I liked the most about it was that it didn't it didn't confine itself to one type of game, be it like beat 'em up or platformer or uh swimming like i know that like you know mario's mario's mixed it up a little bit with his little aqua aqua, underwater levels but like this one there was a lot of different stuff and i think uh, sort of like battle toads too where we had like levels where you know like tyler is tyler is just like falling through the air and needs to like grab onto those like 
little, you know, I think they were supposed to be hoagies, but I don't think that they actually, like, they weren't rendered, so they always looked like just, like, weird little, like, dildos to me. Yeah, we always used to call them green dicks. Yeah. So, but that was just the Game Boy's color palette. Yeah. And, I mean, I even got, like, later on, remember, you could get that, like, um, thing that fit over the screen of your Game Boy and kind of colorized it a little bit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was a nightmare. Um, Mine had each of the five bare naked ladies on the actual trim of that uh, thing. I got a bare naked ladies branded one. Yeah. Um, I did like, uh, I don't know why, like, it seemed like they got Steve's voice sample, like the, whenever he picked up a thing, but whenever Tyler would eat a hoagie, he would go, Oh no. (laughs) Like, I'm not sure they quite understood Tyler's character or what was happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the conceit of having to earn a million dollars to like save the earth was mm-hmm. pretty in i mean that's just basically you're that's part and parcel of those games back in the day right right yeah and yeah i, I was never sure if there was some translation error yeah. like if they were just saving <laughs> because but as it, everyone it, knows the, the bnl game is a canadian game and it needed to be translated into english from canadian that's correct yeah um yeah but i mean there's there's no mistake because at the end of the game if you i don't know did you ever beat it oh god no i i could never oh. the level where the like the fucking um like drumsticks kept flying at you Mm-hmm. yeah and i know there was so, like a pattern and you could go on but like i just didn't have like the manual dexterity to do that yeah 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 if you push far enough in on the level you'll see who's actually throwing them um and it is a metal gear it's weird how many metal gear assets <laughs> they reuse from ghost babble but um yeah very very strange um but yeah at the end because i was like is it the world or is it their town but they do show like this sort of hands across america uh sort of thing happening uh while pinch me plays in the background a little midi version which is a weird ending credits theme but um yeah i don't know it was a good it was a fun game it's really weird that this 90s game is sampling pinch me because they must have written it way back in the day yeah they had a lot of like demos and shit that the bandicoot ladies were producing they had them well it's interesting because, and a lot of people speculate, they're not sure if these are demos of Brandon Lady songs or if the oh. Brandon Ladies ran out of ideas and started like sampling, like, oh, let's oh, sample God. a song from our Game Boy so game. So there's, yeah. there's some poor like composer in Japan somewhere, or I guess in, que- in Quebec. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, weirdly, he is Japanese, but he is from Quebec. Yeah. I mean, you could be Japanese and live in Quebec. A lot of Japanese yeah. immigrated to Canada. Sure. Absolutely. Um, can you talk a little bit about their special moves? Because you had mentioned that earlier. Was that one of your favorite parts? Um, I don't know. The only one I really remember off the top of my head is, I mean, this was, it was, I could never tell if it was Andy or Jim because they both mm-hmm. rendered exactly the same. I think Jim was a yeah. little bit taller and he could jump a little higher. Yeah. But, uh, and they called him Jandy yeah. in the, uh, in the and character's last I don't screen. know why, like whoever the move was where they would just get on all fours and like just walk just he could go so much faster on all fours and his eyes bugged out a little bit too which was very strange and like it's like he was running from something uh but it never it never caught him but he was the fat he was always my favorite because he was the fastest and like when you got to the levels where like it was just reflex based you needed him Mm-hmm. And if you'd fucked it up on like the, if you'd fucked him, cause he wasn't a very good swimmer. In fact, like remember his, all of his, his arms would just go straight out in the water and yeah. he'd just kind of sit there and yeah. like vibrate and like just, just stare at of... you. And he wasn't taking damage or anything. He was just like looking at you. Like, why would you he... do this to me? One time I, I, you know, do you remember when you powered on the system and then it would have Ed like leaning against the Nintendo logo and it would go Nintendo. <laughs> um, yeah. One time I turned did that the little system wink. on. He like wink. Yeah. At you. He would. Ding. Um, 
I turned the system on and Ed wasn't there, but the Nintendo logo was. And then Jandy just came like running up on all fours with their eyes open. And then they looked straight at the camera. It was kind of like they were mixing the sprites from like the underwater uh-huh. part where they're looking at you and the side scrolling part. And it just said, help me, please, please help me, help me. Oh my God. Yeah. And then it went into the game. You got, you had that version of the game. Well, it's weird because I tried turning it on again. It never happened. I feel like it was maybe like a random chance thing happening. I don't know. I, I, I heard that, that some of the games were shipped out haunted. And really? yeah, it was like a promotional thing with the, the crossover with uh, obviously uh, Metal Gear. Sure. It goes babble because there's ghosts in it. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. And sometimes he would. And if you went to the website, that the, ga- the game's website, and you entered what it said to you into there, you could unlock mm-hmm. another level. Oh, cool. Interesting. Lots of cross-platform stuff for the early 90s. (laughs) Damn right. Yeah. You can do your muds, you can go on your message boards, and you can... You had to get on ARPANET and (laughs) type in the correct code. Some some Angel Fire website. It would unlock unlock a bunch of different GIFs. (laughs) Or GIFs. Animated uh, AIM buddy icons that you could apply. Uh, Aaron, we hope uh, you're reminiscing along with us as we were talking about it, and we hope we answered your question. <laughs> Ev, mm. that's it. Hmm. An epo in the can, as I always say. An epo in the buca de beppo. That's what I always What's say. What's the old saying that they would say? An epo in the can is worth three in my hand. Wow. Very similar to the actual <laughs> saying of a bird in the hand, which I like. It's fine. It's good. I like it. An epo in um, the can, don't turn off the fan. There it is. Korean fan death. Uh, you can find us Korean on Twitter. Fan death? <laughs> Have you never heard of Korean fan death? Obviously not. Korean fan death is they believe that uh, you cannot... Uh, leave a fan running in your room overnight Mm -hmm. because it does something to the oxygen in your room and you will suffocate and die. Oh, wow. I have never, I can, I think since college, I have never not slept with a a fan, not only in my room, but like close to my head. Oh, bud, you got to be careful. But I am a ghost. It's true. You're a ghost babble. You're a ghost who babbles. Um, was it actually called ghost babble? I think it is. Boy, I hate that. I can just use my computer all episode now. Uh, yes. Ghost babble. Metal Gear Solid ghost babble. Why was was it called that? Uh, fuck if you think I played the Game Boy Color Metal Gear Solid. I'm sure it was horrible. Uh, but I don't know. There's probably some fucking Metal Gear called the ghost babble or some shit. I mean, all I knew about Metal Um, Gear was that it was one point was a hidey game where you would like hide and pretend to be a box and then it became something totally different slowly i mean it they gave you more options you could hide in the box or you could just bust in the door um yeah and that's every that's all metal gear right but like wasn't there like thing where they would start fucking with you and mess with your saves or you know well metal gear solid 2 is a very very meta game Mm -hmm. no pun intended uh where yeah you 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 grow to learn that the things that you relied on the whole game may not actually be there. And then it, yeah, there's, there are like malicious AIs that fuck with you in channels that you've grown to rely on. And it does feel like the game is just like, fuck Metal Gear Solid 2. My favorite Metal Gear game is so fucking good. And zero people would agree with me on that. You've but. never played Mab Babble. Mm, that's true. That is true. I should play Mab to Babble. Um, well, Ebo, you can find us on Twitter at BeenDonePod. You can find us on Facebook. It's all been done, a Bare Naked Ladies podcast. And you can find us in your basement if you look hard enough. <laughs> mm. 
Join the Orange Grove's Patreon. Uh, <laughs> please don't look. I need to live here. Um, the Orange Grove's Patreon, you can get our Snack Time episodes, uh, I believe. Uh, Raisins is up now, and if it's not out already, Eraser should be up real, real soon. Well, um, you're just burning through them. I'm not. I don't schedule them. Joe schedules them. Wow, they're just burning Joe, through them. We just give them two, yeah. and they just throw them right on. They they needed content. Apparently, we are at a dearth of, of Patreon content, wow. so they needed. Uh, they needed wow, I thought we would be. Bad. I thought we'd be set for like a couple Ooh, months. Suck it up like the water. Uh, Ebo, what do you want to plug this week? I want to plug patience. Ham, a girl you know or what? Patience. Okay, just be gotcha. patient. <laughs> well, that's fun. Plug that patience. Let it be. Um, all right, Ev. Uh, I got nothing to plug this week for the first time ever. Really? I'm just going my own way. Just going your own way? You don't have any anything you need our listeners to hear? I don't know. I could plug, I don't know, one of our friends. What are our friends doing? Anything interesting while they're in quarantine? Uh, I, got, uh, I got Angelina Jolie working on some macrame. I got... Check out Angelina Jolie's macrame. It's etsy.com slash I'm the angel. Uh, <laughs> she's got a great store up there. Tomb Raider anyway, 2. <laughs> I'm Saker. I'm Evan. And we'll see you again in one, one week. week. We know, we know, it's another freaking piece of media about the Marmoset Chronicles. Before you stop us, we know that this series of movies has been talked about and deliberated on in analysis on characters, plot, cinematography, everything under the sun. And we know what you're thinking. Why do I want to listen to these two assholes talk about it? Well, we're going to try to come at it from a slightly different angle. We're talking about these movies and how they relate to us and the world in which we live in, a post-Marmoset Chronicles world, so to speak. And you can listen to us make our slow, laborious way through this eight-movie epic on your podcast catcher of choice every week until we make it through them all. Which will hopefully not take the 16 years it took the eight movies to come out. <laughs> or maybe if it does, send help. We might have fallen down a time hole. So join us on The Marmoset Chronicles, a personal retrospective.